Well, hello, listeners, and hello, friends. We are back at the From Grief to Greatness podcast. My name is Gerard, and I'm here with Christy and John. Hi, I'm Christy. And hi, I'm John. So we're going to pick up where we left off, uh, part two here of my story. Uh, where we left off, uh, I was going through the aftermath of having lost my parents in a terrible car accident. And I'm going to fast forward through the next two years, basically because for the, the two years that went by, all that was really happening is I was just back to living my life again. I had inherited a, a good amount of money from them. Uh, I was financially stable and I, I felt blessed, you know, that they had worked so hard during their lives to help us out that way for when they passed. And I was, I was doing mostly okay, I, but I wasn't dealing with the loss. What I was dealing with mainly was something that had been going on for probably the past eight years was this terrible foot and body pain. It was mainly, you know, in my heels, my Achilles, my ankles, my shins, even it was so bad that I couldn't stand up for 30 seconds at a time. It was terrible. No doctor could help me out with anything until uh, after all these years of checking into it. One day I land uh, in the office of an orthopedist that runs some tests uh, up and down, finds next to nothing until she gets on a little bit of a scent and she, uh, she decides to run a certain specific type of test that reveals that I had a genetic polymorphism, a genetic disorder. Mm. So she gets me on a round of supplements that start to help me right away. And I'm doing great. Uh, three months of, uh, of these supplements and I'm, I feel like an, a new person. I can stand for hours at a time, no problem. And uh, then the next thing is she tells me to add B12 to the uh, routine which I do. So a thousand micrograms of B12. And the first day I take it, it's just like making me dizzy and feeling weird. And um, I'm, I'm kind of wiry, like wired wide awake and everything and all that. And uh, for, I did that for about three, four days, cut it back to 500. That was still a little bit too much, cut it back to 250. So for about a month, I was going back and forth between 500 and 250 back up to 500 and trying and it just never worked it was just making me feel weird i was having insomnia and i was uh, getting anxiety so i just cut it out cold turkey and that was it and that's uh so this is july of 2014 right around that area and so now i come off it and i'm having even weirder symptoms you know it's bad enough i'm having this insomnia i couldn't sleep uh, for for a minute um just basically having all these kinds of weird uh, symptoms where like, I feel like I'm not present in, you know, in my life. I feel like I'm disconnected, this uh, disassociation. I feel like I'm just watching these uh, scenes that I'm in unfolding around me as opposed to actually being in them. So I was, I mean, I was, I had been doing okay until I stopped. And so in August, John and I go to a Van Halen concert. And uh, I'm doing fine, and the opening act uh, comes on, and as soon as the music starts, boom, that first thud of the bass drum just sends me into this weird other dimension. I don't know why, the, the, maybe the shock of just the music starting. It's the only way I can describe it, uh, explain it, because it's hard to describe, that I was in this weird area of, of, of something that I've, I've never felt it before, never felt it since really, just in this weird dimension where it felt like I wasn't really there and I'm just watching it. Like I had said, I was starting to have these really weird thoughts that you know people are looking at me and they realize that something weird is going on with me, almost like they can read my thoughts or something. And I was thinking things like maybe they're, uh, 
just a bunch of aliens and I'm the only human here, or maybe I'm the alien and they're all the humans and all kinds of weird stuff is going through me. I didn't know what it was and it was really freaking me out. Concert ends. I mean, I did fine. Like, you know, once Van Halen came on, everything was starting to normalize some. I just felt a little weird and woozy. But, uh, you know, it was, it was str so strange. I mean, it was almost like I was uh, like uh, tripping or something like that or feeling like this combination of that and a drug withdrawal. It was the strangest thing. So, you know, the concert ends and we go home and everything's fine. So a little bit of time is going on now, maybe like a, a, a better part of a, a month. And I'm still not doing great. I'm not sleeping, but I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Uh, but it's still very, very uh, unbalanced. So one day I'm driving to work and uh, all of a sudden I start feeling like all the walls are closing in on me. Like everything starts to go black. Like mm. this circle forms around my face and it starts to just close in on me. And thankfully I was close to work. I get off the, the, uh, the road uh, into my uh, work parking lot. I call my manager. I tell her I can't go in. I call Carol, my therapist, and I'm telling her that I thought I was dying or I wanted to die. I don't know what the heck was going on through my brain, but it was crazy. And John, oh you came gosh. and picked me up. You came in and got me and mm -hmm. we went to the doctor and everything. You remember that, that whole crazy day and sure. the anxiety I was going through. Sure. So now this is, this is kickstarting all, all the, the real craziness. Even though I got on medication, uh, I got on Lexapro and Clonip and that helped. And so I spend maybe about a month or so, you know, feeling a little bit better and doing art projects and stuff to keep myself occupied and whatever, and just kind of working back into life. And at least my body pain was, was that situation was rectified. But now I'm going through all these other weird things though. And I'm starting to worry about dying and people dying and having to deal with all that stuff when, you know, life goes on and, and the people that I love eventually are going to pass. The things that you don't normally think about, I'm thinking about it. It's very heavy. It's really weighing on me. So all that's happening as I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to fall back to sleep again, which I couldn't do for even 10 minutes. I mean, I could literally could not drop off for 10 minutes. I couldn't even take a nap. So Thanksgiving is really that area is where, where the real slide starts happening because that's where like, you know, now I'm on four months of insomnia and I'm really starting to feel the effects of it. Christmas time rolls around and out of nowhere, my left ear starts ringing. Like, you know, ever have that happen to you? You know, where you're like, you know, it comes up for like eight or 10 seconds. Oh, you yeah. go, no, 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 go away. Don't be forever. Please don't be forever. And then it oh, just yeah. goes away. Well, this stayed. And of course, you know, I'm freaking out because I think it's going to last forever and it's keeping me up that much worse. I mean, that night's just, you know, making my nights terrible and I'm going through night sweats and uh, my oh heart palpitating, like heart's just pounding all the time and I'm urinating like every half hour. So no matter what, even if I could fall asleep, my body is just waking me up no matter what my brain is doing. So the dead of winter, I'm raging with anxiety and, and all this as all this stuff is going on. And, you know, by the time this the earlier part of the spring is starting to roll around, I get a book about insomnia. I'm reading up uh, about all different kinds of sleep practices and how to change, uh, you know, your habits and try to get better sleep. And it actually worked OK here and there for about a month or so. And then that that, that all fell apart. I was taking baths. I was doing yoga, you know, all kinds of stuff. So then the craziest thing happens out of nowhere. I start getting what are labeled as intrusive thoughts. So I'll describe what that was like. I'm just outside walking somewhere and there's some people around me. I think I was going to pick up lunch somewhere one day and just seeing all different kinds of people, you know, different, you know, uh, different uh, uh, 
colors and, uh, you know, just all, you know, different looks, all kinds, different kinds of categories of people. And my brain is picking on things. My brain is starting to yell out racial slurs and nasty things about uh, uh, women or someone who looks like they might be gay and all kinds of weird things. And this is not stuff that goes on in my mind. This was bizarre and horrible. And now this is going on all the time. This is just happening all day, every day for a while. I buy this book called The Imp of the Mind that talks about how intrusive thoughts are really not uncommon. They are uh, just normal kinds of things that happen to people uh, where, you know, you might see a, a, a person walking down the street and you're driving your car and you think to yourself, uh, you know, what if that person jumped in front of the car? Or what if I pull the wheel over and hit the person and pop them up in the air? It's really not that uncommon, but that thought goes in and out of your head. This stuff wasn't happening, and with the state of mind I was in, with all these crazy delusional things that were happening to me, and, and all this, this sadness and madness that was going on, I couldn't process this stuff as anything that I could just blow off. This was very heavy to me. So I'm trying to do anything and everything I can to fix this. And coming up with nothing. Carol's, you know, Carol's keeping me floating, and so is meditation, but still, we don't have any real answers. So now I'm trying to heal myself with supplements. You know, I, I buy this book about how to fix your depression and anxiety and stuff with supplements. And I got a little bit of relief, but it wasn't really anything major. And uh, my next step beyond that was uh, I got this book called Grain Brain that was written by Dr. Perlmutter talking about how to eat gluten free and things that can really help to heal things in your mind. And I try that and I'm working out and I I go from 157 pounds, which was my normal weight, down to 135 pounds, which is it's way lower than anything I had been. I think I graduated high school at 140. And I'm literally going crazy. I was working out like two, three times a day on the weekends. I'm up in the middle of the night working out because nothing would settle. Nothing inside me could settle down. I was just a raging lunatic. And of course, through all of this, as one thing is happening, you know, on top of another, all along, I'm doing the worst possible thing that you can do while these things are popping up in your life and you don't know what's happening. What is the worst thing that you can do to try to figure it all out? So think of the worst thing you could possibly do when you're trying to figure stuff out and you have no answers. Google it. Yeah, there you go. I was Googling. That's terrible. I was Googling like Not a crazy good idea. and it's like every horror story that's out there was popping up in my face to make me think that, you know, this is, this is just going to be me. You know, like there's some kind of fatal insomnia syndrome. I don't even know exactly what it's called, but there actually exists. And probably like 18 people in the history of, you know, time have died from it. And I, there I was thinking I was going to be number 19, you know, it was really just that bad. And I was believing all of the bad stuff, thinking everything was going to just get worse and worse, not knowing where the end was going to be. Nothing at all was working for me. Absolutely nothing. And I was losing my freaking mind. And I was petrified, beyond petrified. I don't blame you. So, I, you know, I'm not going to go any further with the story uh, at this point uh, because there's, there's a whole lot more to it. We have some things to get to. We're going to have some you know, discussion about what I've talked about so far, uh, because beyond this, uh, you know, Carol and I did some extensive healing therapy and some stuff came through. And then we finally got in the end, uh, an answer as to what was really going on. 
we don't know exactly why the B12 blew my brain apart and caused all that insomnia that never went away. I mean, it's, it's a water-soluble vitamin. How in the world does something that's supposed to leave your system in a couple of days, even if you've been taking it for a month, not leave your system? So it was, it's very weird, really, really scary. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit uh, now uh, uh, together uh, because the, the rest of it's going to take some time. We'll get to that in the next episode. So Christy and John, jump in with whatever you've got, because, uh, yeah, this was, this was a really crazy experience for me that lasted uh, where I'm, where I'm leaving off, we're at about May. So we're at about 10 months of insomnia where, where I'm leaving off. Were you working during this time? I was working the whole time. I only took, How? I don't know. I, I don't even know what I was doing at work. I was just breathing and talking to myself and just trying to keep myself calm. And I was always reading when I was in my uh, satellite office where there was a lot of downtime. I was doing a lot of reading and just, I was always trying to figure it out. That's, That's crazy that you were able days. to function I, yeah. would, I wouldn't have been able to. I, the only time I took off was maybe about a week right when that break happened where it felt like the walls were closing in on me and mm -hmm. John came to the rescue. John, that was something. Oh, huh? yeah, yeah. I remember you saying you had the paradox of that you weren't sleeping, yet you still had a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. How was that? You think that was Tons possible? Well, the, the answer that is going to be revealed in the next episode is going to tell that. But I think that because it was, there was just so much, uh, it was just a, just that manic, crazy, just mm -hmm. right. insane right. driving the anxiety that was driving me. I just, I couldn't settle down because I was fighting so hard for answers. I was up all night Googling things and nothing in my system. I could not systematically settle. I mean, just all of that worry, all of that craziness was just keeping me awake. And, and I, I literally could not sleep for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, do you effect, what effect do you think this insomnia had on your relationships, you know, with your family and with your friends? Uh, you know, I think that I, I held it together very well. I think people realized something was wrong. But the effect that it had probably is that wasn't really reaching out to too many people because I didn't want to be around anybody with the way that I was because with the intrusive thoughts, once they started, I could be around my family member and all kinds of crazy things would be going through my head. Like, you know, I was having crazy nightmares of, you know, fire and explosions and people dying and my family members dying. And I went to my nephew's, uh, uh, some spring concert and I was, you know, scared that there were going to be, you know, shooters in the room or that someone's going to blow up the building or something and that the ceiling's going to collapse and everything. And I just, it just wouldn't stop. You know, not things that ever normally go through someone's healthy brain. So my relationships suffered because I did not allow myself to get any closer to anybody than I already was. And I did not, uh, I was just, I was just retracting. Mm. Wow. And I certainly wasn't forming any new relationships. And what? I don't blame What were you. the alternative yeah. medicines that you did try for the insomnia? Did you try things like valerian root and like chamomile? And things, did you even you know, nah, you know like cannabis was, or anything like that? No, no, no. I never, never tried that because because pot makes me paranoid. So I knew not to go there. Uh, but I mean, I know that there are you know 
chemicals that can be pulled out, you know, that, you know, that don't carry that along with them, that just give you the smooth, cool uh, feeling. But I, what I, I was taking uh, HTP and you know what, I, I threw a lot of it out. Uh, there was some kind of powder. Uh, you know what, I'll, I'll try to get the names of some of the supplements that I remember taking, but you know, it was, uh, you know, things like those St. John's wort kind mm-hmm. of things, um, stuff that there was stuff that I had never heard of that I took. There's something called, I think it's a inositol powder. Um, I was even, I was even taking, um, calcium, um, excuse me, not uh, magnesium rather that's supposed to help with anxiety mm-hmm. and the combination, I was trying different combinations of things and just nothing was really doing it. I would feel a little tingly here and there, a little high here and there, but nothing that really, uh, nothing that brought me home, nothing that really worked. And how? Uh, finally uh, resolve itself. Oh, good. Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot to mention that. Uh, it turned out, I, someone told me, you know, it could be something, or not, I think I read it could be something structural. So I went to an ENT and uh, he said, yeah, you know, everything checks out fine. It's probably just something in your jaw, you know, some kind of tightness in your jaw. So he told me to get some bite plate, which I wore for I think it was only a couple of weeks, maybe 10 days to a couple of weeks, and it just went oh, away. that's great. So uh, how long just, did you have that? Oh, the, 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 ringing. Oh, the, the ringing was, uh, oh, gosh, that was probably at least a month. I think it was probably about six weeks I had it. Oh, yeah, it was, it was making me crazy because I do remember it starting right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember being with some friends after Christmas, like sometime in January, we got together so that was almost a month later. Yeah, it, it was, it was so it probably good six weeks. Yeah, it was terrible. Just terrible. Wow. To just hear that little. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You know what I mean? That was, Above everything else. That was like five months into the insomnia. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's add something. You know, it's, it's like having like a next door neighbor playing music all night long or something like that, you know, to keep you up. I'm like, please, what else is there going to be? And just to think that was just that was the beginning. It was yeah. just the beginning. Mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, how do we survive these things? Who knows? Not giving up. Yeah, I'll give you myself that. You never stopped st- searching. I never stopped. And no. Man, John, remember? You were the, relentless. Yeah. I, you know what? You're right. I, mm-hmm. I will give myself the credit. And, I, and, I, and you should. The reason I give myself the credit is because I, I thought about my parents and how strong they were. Mm-hmm. And my sister, too. Mm-hmm. My sister's tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't quit. And I used that and I used the, the, the resources that I have. I used the people around me as my, my examples. And cause John, you remember how many times were we on the phone talking about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, you know, what was right. going on with me and trying to figure it all out. You know, I mean, it was just, I was an endless Googler to begin with. And I was you and I, you know, I don't even know. I can't even think of who else I was even keeping in touch with about this other than you. Mm-hmm. Carol. Well, Carol, yeah, but I mean, as far as my, my friends are concerned, yeah, I don't even know if I was even telling too many people about it. Yeah, a long time when we first started out and you thought you had plantar fasciitis, we were talking for a long time and it was a, a mm-hmm. while before yeah. you finally found out that it was uh, the genetic um, uh, disorder, if that's the right word. Polymorphism. Uh, <laughs> that, that it was. And uh, you really had to stay the course to find that out. If I remember, it took a long time for you to find out the correct diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was the better, better part of about eight years. 
eight or nine years, I think, by the time I finally got the diagnosis. Are you serious? Yeah. From the first That's time. It's almost a decade. Yeah. You know, the, the worst parts of it were probably six years. Um, because the, the first year or so of it, it kind of came and went and it wasn't all that bad. It was bad, very noticeable, but not real bad. Once when it got to the point that I just could not stand, that was probably about three years in where it was just mm. at its worst. And it stayed like that for probably about, you know, six more years before I got oh the answers. And it was, you know, that's another thing. So many people have genetic polymorphisms and I mine, it just manifested that it's what happens is my body does not take folic acid and convert it into folate. So it was building up to a toxic level. And that's, that's how it's causing the pain. Yeah. That's how it was expressing itself is, you know, pain, you know, you're on your feet, all, you know, a lot of the time, I guess if, you know, I was in push up position, most of the time it would hurt my hands and wrists and shoulders. But that was another thing. I couldn't really work out much because it would just hurt my body. It was terrible. And once I got on the supplements, Inside of four or five days, I was doing, I was down on the ground doing rapid fire pushups. Like they were nothing. I was jumping up and down the first day. It was just that immediate. Were you able to work during that period of time? Yeah. I never, never took one day off. And and again, I credit that strength, that strength to my parents. Never took a day off. And, you and just, I probably should have. Maybe I'm not bragging like, you know, I'm so tough. I mean, maybe I was a little stupid there and stubborn, but, uh, you know, you just, you just carry on. I look at it on. as determined. I'm determined. You know, I just carried on. I just figured, you know, what's, I don't have an answer. So what, what am I going to, am I going to get an answer at home sitting there doing nothing? Right. I mean, I had a vacation that I took one time or, you know, a staycation where I just mm-hmm. stayed home for a week and just kind of kept my feet off the ground, didn't do much. It had no effect, none whatsoever. It's just as soon as I started getting back up on my feet again, it was the same thing. Same pain. Oh my gosh. Well, John, you and I know yeah. this all too well. And getting an incorrect diagnosis is not uncommon. And, and it happened to me as well no. before I was finally diagnosed with my rheumatoid arthritis. It took about a year before I got the correct diagnosis. And it, it could be a tough time mm-hmm. in, in between uh, when you're not getting the correct mm-hmm. um, medication or, in your case, you know, the correct uh, supplement. Uh, and for you, it was a very long mm-hmm. time. I don't know how you made it that long. I really don't. That is that is unbelievable. I don't know. I never could have made it that long without getting my RA diagnosis. I was a mess just in the in the time that I took me. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, and you know there were. Oh no! I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know there there were days when it was really really at its super super worst, where even just driving, just like being in traffic and having. Uh, like your foot on the brake, you know, stop and go traffic, where just all those muscles that you never even realize you're even using because they're just, you know, what you do, you're, you're touching a brake pedal that like your whole leg all the way up to your hip, my, my hip would, would feel like it was just fatigued and failing as if I was doing like my hundredth squat or something. Oh my God. And just holding my leg in place like that. And, and this was because this was not, you know, oh, once I got off my feet, I was okay. Then there was all the throbbing and burning and just all that aching happening. It would keep me up at night. There were times where I would pull into there. I remember one time in particular, it had snowed, it had rained, there was slush and mud on the ground. I literally crawled out of my car in my work clothes onto the ground, crawled to my front door, slush, you know, mud all over me, crawled, you know, just unlocked the door, pushed it open uh, crawled in a little bit, 
Then with my leg, pushed the door shut and just laid face down on the floor crying for probably about 10 minutes. I couldn't move. I mean, I would walk on my knees back and forth into the kitchen, the refrigerator, oh you know, into the bathroom. I would crawl because it was, there was just nothing. I, and that now this is the basically this was the beginning of my mental health issues because yeah, we've all got our stuff. But this I mean, that's a very difficult thing, as you know, John, to deal with. And Christy, you know, you understand, you know, just mm -hmm. we all do. We've all got our mental health issues mm -hmm. that stem from something. Right. This is really a, a big part of where mine came from kicked off a, a lot of stuff got kicked off i mean between the insomnia the ear ringing and and this pain all of that not to even mention losing your parents mm -hmm. what yeah. else did i miss you know it was, well the, the pain situation was rectified at least you know by the True. time the insomnia. how long did it but, last but still the the, but all the of repercussions that, of it yeah you know, i mean they still had to deal with all that lost time like things that i didn't do in my life mm -hmm. because of all that you know mm -hmm. all that pain that i had to suffer that's a with. lot to endure at one time yeah or consecutively right like i don't know how you did it if I can say now, thank mm -hmm. you. If I can say now that I hope that my story and, you know, Christy and John's stories to come can serve as an example mm -hmm. in some way and, and provide some, some strength and some inspiration and brightness to people's mm -hmm. lives, then, you know, I'm, I can't say I'm, you know, happy to have gone through it. I'm, I'm happy to have survived it. I'm glad that I can sit here and say that I'm a survivor mm -hmm. and, you know, there are people out there that have gone through worse than me. There are people that, you know, have faced uh, uh, fatal illnesses that have come through and, and those who haven't. And uh, they, they are people to be looked, you know, looked up to as well. We have to look at their stories as well. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we're going to get some people on our podcast to join in to tell us some things about their stories too. Because uh, this is, this is how we build. Mm -hmm. We, we build by listening to what, each other has gone through. I think it's very important to keep that in mind that we can find strength from others if we don't feel that we can find it by ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Man, the things we have to endure, huh, guys? Oh, gosh. Oh. Yes. And but we're going to, yeah. At least we're not, we haven't given up. And I don't remember who I was, I think I was talking to you about it, but even now, every day until the day that I go, I'll be learning new things. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never be done, you know, knowing everything. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be working on myself. Mm -hmm. The goal is to better yourself and, you know, and your thinking and, and um, perceptions and yeah. such. And you're doing. And re mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. Reactions or not reacting is really the big thing there, um, it doesn't end. No. But that's okay. Right, because it can't. It's not supposed to end. Right. And that's, that's life. That's what reality of life is. Hmm. Not just skating through it, not worrying about anything, and, right. you know, being, you know, just caring about yourself and nobody else. I right. mean... You, you do have to take care of yourself, but there comes a time where you start to grow up and you start to really learn things. And um, it's very important to yeah, use so our tools. You know, you know as the old saying goes, the unexamined life isn't worth living. Have to keep growing. Exactly. Your entire life. 
and you have yes, to uh, be you know, very conscious you. about your life um, as it is within yes. the entire world and not just yourself. Yes. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, guys. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, meditation forces the issue. Mm-hmm. There are times where I say, you know, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to see what's going on inside me and blah, blah, blah. But I, I have to sit and meditate and I have to let things move through because if I don't, like you said, John, I mean, what kind of a life is that really? How am I going to get over this hurdle if I don't start to pick up steam and get ready to jump? Mm-hmm. You know, get ready to make that extension to make things better because the that's the only way that you make anything better. I mean, the, the, the job of fixing things and creating a, a better life is yours. Mm-hmm. And, and it needs to be taken seriously. There's mm-hmm. no other way to get this done unless you go in, you know, full force. Mm-hmm. You really have to. You yeah. really have to take it very seriously. Guns You can blazing. decide to Guns either live your life or you can decide to either thrive in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So true. And just let it pass right on through. Just let time pass and mm-hmm. let time take its course to help this, that, and the other thing. And sure, those things, you know, you have to let time pass, but you've also got to do work. And that's our message is for you to do your work and to stick with us because we're doing our work. And, and to know that you're not alone. You. Yep. And you're not alone. Right. Because Christy, John and Gerard that's, are here for yes, you. That's right. That's right. right guys. That's right. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll wrap this up. Sounds good. I, I really appreciate you sharing what you shared. Well, thank you. I mean, I know it's, it's not fun to remember all these things, but <laughs> Like you said, you know, it helps other people know that they're not alone. Right. Yeah. There are probably other people out there who have gone through some similar things and uh, it lets you know that uh, there's a way to survive it. Mm -hmm. So we've got uh, John, Christy and Gerard signing off and telling you once again that it's your job. Take it seriously. It's important. And I hope that you can grow and learn and create new things in your life and just make it feel like the blessing that it's supposed to be because we want everyone out there who's listening to be able to go from grief to greatness too. So thank you again, and we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.